This is the message from Connection Community Church for Christmas Eve 2020. The Nativity, No Jesus. Sometimes price isn't everything, is it? <laughs> so most of us, I think, are familiar with those nativities, you know, those, those Christmas scenes or sets with pieces that depict Mary and Joseph, the angels, the shepherds, wise men, some cattle, some sheep, and of course, the baby Jesus, hopefully, you don't get the one with the missing piece, in a manger in a stable, right? Yeah. And so through this Christmas season, we've been asking the question, what happens what happens if a piece is missing from the nativity? What if we, it's a nativity? <laughs> it makes it a nativity if something is missing. So what do we lose if an important piece is not there? Over the last couple of weeks, we've considered what if there were no angels, no Mary and Joseph, no manger. And last Sunday, we looked at no shepherds well tonight we ask sure is that better i'm sorry it is the mask's fault on and off on and off darn mask that's okay i i'll wear it anytime i'll bet you've all said that uh, <laughs> over the last few months at one point haven't you all right is that better <laughs> all right anyway do we have to start over Okay. Just you. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so tonight, we are going to ask the question, what do we lose if there's no Jesus? Mm. So Merry Christmas, Connection Church. Oh, come on, a little lack. Come on, a little more gusto. Merry Christmas. Here, there, at home, wherever you might be, one church, many locations, we are just so glad that you are with us this evening, that we're all together as the body of Christ as we celebrate the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. My name is Carrie Jones. I'm Alan Jones. And we are two sinners who have been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 We do want to welcome those of you who are joining us online. It's so awesome to see Sue in Florida and the Edwards family and Oh, uh, the Edwards family needs the QR code again, Barry. And Edna, Miss Edna's on here. And we have Ted Politza and some friends from Cornerstone and the Sequoia family and lots and lots of families joining us. We are so grateful. Yeah. Would you please bow your heads in prayer right now? God, thank you so much for tonight. It's a night where we can come together, one church, many locations, and celebrate your birth. Settle us in, Lord, wherever we are, and may we be changed and transformed by your word found in Scripture. We pray this in your holy and precious name. Everybody agreed and said, Amen. 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 So let's, uh, heck, it's church, so let's start with Scripture tonight, you know. We're starting, it's coming, what we're going to read is coming from the fourth book of the New Testament. That's the second part of the Bible, a book written by a guy named John. Now, it's not John. Maybe you've heard of John the Baptizer. It's not him, actually. He's mentioned in this, uh, in this scripture, but it's John who is uh, one of Jesus' disciples. He tells us about Jesus coming into the world, which we celebrate tonight, but not referring to 
uh, the baby in the manger, though, like uh, Luke and Matthew do, but to God's Word. God's Word. That is, it's a funny word. Uh, It's a broad meaning. It comes from a Greek logos word, meaning God's reason, God's thought, the mind of God, the Word being the second person of the Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, prior to taking human form in the person of Jesus Christ. The Word of God came to us then in the flesh. That's what we celebrate tonight. Set in the flesh at Christmas, the light life for you and for me. Check it out. This is a paraphrase from the message. The word was first. The word was present to God. God present to the word. The word was God in readiness for God from day one. Everything was created through him. Nothing, not one thing came into being without him. What came into existence was life, and the life was light to live by. The life light blazed out of the darkness. The darkness couldn't put it out. There once was a man, his name John, John the baptizer, sent by God to point out the way to the life light. He came to show everyone where to look, who to believe in. John was not himself the light, He was there to show the way to the light. The life light was the real thing. Every person entering life, he brings into light. Mm. So Jesus is the life light. So if we're going to consider Christmas with no Jesus, then we've got to begin in the dark, don't we? We've got to start in the dark. Because as John shows us here, Jesus is the life light of the world. So goodbye, Jesus. Goodbye, life light. Darkness. We generally try to avoid the darkness. We stub our toes when we walk in the dark, both (laughs) literally and figuratively. When people don't want us to see what they're doing, they often do it in the dark. If light represents that which is good and positive, then dark, what does that represent? Darkness. That's what we get when there's no Jesus in Christmas. Have you ever had one of those nights, one of those nights that seems like it's never going to end? Centuries ago, there was a a Christ follower, a, a deeply spiritual guy named by the name of John of the Cross. He referred to this as the dark night of the soul, dark night of the soul. You ever had one of those? Because I know I have. And it's a, it's a tough night. The, the darkness just seems like a blanket over you. And you wonder if you're ever even going to escape, ever going to see light again. It's a soul-searching night of darkness. Um, it's like the night where Jacob, in the Old Testament, in the book of Genesis, we're told that he had a pretty long night because he wrestled with God all night long. Some of you may be familiar with that story. And that's a tough night. Maybe you've wrestled with God at a time or two in your life. Maybe if it was an all-nighter, <laughs> then you've been through it, huh? Yeah, that's a tough wrestling match. Yeah. And you wonder if the morning's ever going to come. And when it finally does, when we finally see the light of day, somehow that makes things better, doesn't it? That light that light in the darkness. 
That's because light gives us hope and light gives us peace. It's like that expression that we use, I can see the light at the end of the tunnel or I just need to see the light at the end of the tunnel because we know that there's a ray of hope, a possibility if we can just see that light, a little flicker of light at the end of the tunnel. And that, that light brings hope and hope brings peace in the midst of turmoil. And faith replaces fear. Light brings hope and peace. No Jesus equals darkness. That's hard to even say. No Jesus. No Jesus equals darkness. And darkness brings hopelessness. And it brings unrest. Mm. And so without Jesus, we lose the hope and peace that he brings. Even with that in mind, though, it's the goal of many in our culture to take Christ out of Christmas. Amen. No Jesus in the nativity, if, we have, if we're allowed a nativity at all. All over the place there are attempts, even lawsuits, to take Christ out of Christmas. And What's said is, it's just not fair. That's what we're told. It's not fair. What about the people who are not Christian? People who have other beliefs. Uh, You know, we need to be more inclusive, they tell us. Thing is, the ironic thing, the kind of funny thing is, no matter how much we, instead of saying Merry Christmas, we say Happy Holidays. And no matter how much we don't call it the the, winter, the Christmas concert at school or the Christmas party at work, we, we substitute midwinter, midwinter concert, midwinter or the winter Christmas party at work. <laughs> all of us know that it all centers around Christmas. And we all know that Christmas centers around Christ. <laughs> there you go. So back to the question. What would happen if we took Christ out of Christmas? What do we lose if there's no Jesus in the Christmas story? Well, let's consider this. Why did Jesus come in the first place? Why did he come? Well, we read about this a whole lot in the Bible, and we shared it a couple of weeks ago when we took a look at uh, the story about Mary and Joseph, and we also see it when in the dream that Joseph had where the angels come in tell Joseph to take Mary as his wife. There's this line in Matthew 1.21 where the angel tells Joseph this. The angel says, She, Mary, will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. Here's why. Here's the answer. Because he will save his people from their sins. Pretty simple. (laughs) There's the answer. Joseph is told to give the baby the name Jesus. Mary is told the same thing when the angel visits her. Jesus, it means God saves. Jesus is the means by which God chooses. Think about that. God chooses to save us through his son, Jesus. God saves. So then we have to ask, okay, so what is sin and why do we need to be saved from it? Okay, well, sin consists of those things in our lives, the things we do and the things we don't do, that become barriers to fully receiving the unconditional love that God has for us. (laughs) 
barriers to us sharing that unconditional love with others. When we sin, we make choices that keep us from experiencing fully the wonderful life that God intends for us to have. Simply put, sin is anything that gets in the way of our relationship with God and or our relationship with other people. My small group has done a really awesome Bible study in the month of December. It's called Who Needs Jesus? It's on Right Now Media. Everybody has access. It's a a digital library with over 2,000 Bible studies. If, if you want more information, you can talk to somebody out in the lobby. There's a pastor and author, his name is Andy Stanley, and he's the one that presents this, Who Needs Christmas? And he said something that just rocked me and the people in my group. He said this, sin always kills things. Sin always kills things. That's huge. You know, when you really think about that, that is so huge. Sin always kills things. Okay, so the sin of unfaithfulness kills marriages. The sin of no discipline could kill your finances. The sin of harsh talk could kill your kid's spirit. The sin of addiction could kill all of those things as well as a lot of other things. There's a whole lot, a whole bunch of lists. The sin, sin always kills things. That has just been with me. Mm. And I've had to think about that myself. And so we're asking you, think about your life. Think about your sin. And what is dead, what is dead as a result of your sin, Mm. either in your life or in lives around you? Yeah. You know, Carrie and I were talking the other day, and this is our 49th Christmas together. Isn't that wild? I know. She must have been just a mere child when I first started dating her. I was. Yeah, just a... <laughs> Between marriage and dating and all, that 49th Christmas. And, and you'd think by now we'd be getting it right, you know? Uh, and most days we do. But there's still some times when we allow sin to get in the way of our relationship I'm thinking about that this for tonight. I'm thinking, okay, what is, what is the sin that most often gets in the way for us? And, and I'd have to say the sin of pride, the sin of self-centeredness is probably the sin that hurts us the most in our relationship. And as we just said, when, when we choose sin, something always dies. You know, it takes its toll here and there, resulting in our relationship not being all it could be just as our sin keeps our relationship from, with God from being all it could be. You know, Karen and I, we're a work in progress, just like all of us. <laughs> and our relationship, even after 49 years, it's still a work in progress. We're still working on it daily. Thanks to Jesus, we are able to forgive. We're able to not let that sin rule us. But it still does take up some valuable space in our relationship at times. And, and we've got to constantly on guard and, and fighting that, as, as maybe some of you can, can appreciate as well. Yeah. So in the Bible, Paul wrote a lot of the second half of the Bible in the New Testament. And he wrote a letter to the Romans. And he puts it very bluntly when he writes this. Romans 6, 23a, for the wages of sin is death. Mm. 
for the wages of sin is death. So we usually interpret this to mean that there's eternal death of the soul, and, and that, is, that is true, separation from God, but there's more. It, it's important to not stop there because um, we can have death in the here and now, just not in eternity, because we know that sin always kills things, but let's not stop there because the rest of that verse says, for the wages of sin is death, but, <clears throat> always be careful when there's a but, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, mm. our Lord. Mm. Say gift of eternal life. Say it like you mean it, gift of eternal life. <laughs> there you go, all of you. That eternal life, you know, it doesn't stop when we take our last breath. That's not when it starts, it starts right now. Today, tonight, right here, right now, thanks to the life light who's born this night. Word of God in the flesh, Emmanuel, which means God with us. Jesus, which means God saves. It begins tonight when we recognize our sin and we ask forgiveness. When we recognize our need for a Savior, when we ask Jesus into our lives to be our Savior to save us from that sin, to save us from ourselves. Not just to forgive us, but to save us. Wow, that's, that's a huge jump from just forgiveness to salvation. To, 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 to get out of the imprisonment of sin, the, the slavery of sin, the chains of sin. Jesus delivers us from that. Came to give us life. And in Jonathan, later on in the same book of John, the 10th chapter, Jesus, I came to bring you life. And not just life, I came to bring it to the fullest. Amen? Amen. Amen. God desperately wants to save us from sin. Save us from ourselves. And so then we ask, okay, well, why doesn't God just ignore the sin? Why don't you just like, I don't see it. I don't see it. <laughs> And just let us be forgiven. Well, you see, God is holy, and God is perfect, and God just can't ignore it. It's against his nature. And so, in addition, God is a God of justice. And where there's justice, there's always some kind of sacrifice. There's always a price paid when there's justice. We talked about justice back last month when we looked at Micah. So if there's no Jesus, I guess we still need to have sacrifice because back in the Old Testament, whenever they did wrong, they had to have an animal sacrifice. So the problem is the system just doesn't work because there's no end. I, I'm good, and then I'm good, and then I'm bad, and then I have to sacrifice, and then I'm good, and then I'm bad, and it just goes on and on and on and on, and it's a never-ending cycle. How about this one? No, Jesus, maybe we can just save ourselves. There's an idea, huh? It's kind of like a point system, okay? So I do good things, and I get points, and then I mess up, sin, and I get points taken away. It's a really simple system, isn't it? In fact, sometimes we, I think some of us, many times, many of us think it kind of works like that. If I do good, I'm going to get those points. I'm going to get those points. The, the problem with this system is no matter how good you are, and some of you are pretty good, 
I'm not going to put me in that group, but some of you are pretty good. But no matter how good you are, no matter how good any of us is, (laughs) (laughs) no matter how good any of us is, we are always losing points faster than we're earning them. (laughs) You know, the big tote board, it's in negative numbers constantly for all we And that's because we're better at setting up barriers that separate us from God and other people than we are at breaking those barriers down. We're better at separating ourselves from the life God wants for us than we are realizing that life that God wants for us, a life with a personal relationship with the Creator and those around us. The plus-minus system, it just don't work. (laughs) And that comes from an English teacher. It just don't work. That's for emphasis. Yeah. It's two lines under, two exclamation points. Okay. And bolded. So justice still must prevail, and sacrifice is necessary. And so God chose a different approach. God became the one who offered the sacrifice for us. God chose to visit us one-on-one, up close and personal. He didn't ask us to come to him. He came to us. He chose to come to us in the form that we would not only recognize, but be able to relate to, to get close to, to communicate with God through. God made himself pretty vulnerable, about as vulnerable as the rest of us coming into the world, defenseless, born to earthly parents in a rather humble place. He came to us not as some untouchable God way, way out there in the cosmos so far beyond our imagination that we can't even get a handle on him, but as a baby, a hungry, crying, needy baby. A baby who needed his diaper change. (laughs) A baby who needed his mama to feed him a baby who needed his daddy to hold him, a baby who would become a kid, a kid who would become a teenager, and then finally a full-fledged adult. In other words, he looked a lot like you and me. Hmm. A human being, fully human, as human as each one of us, and he lived and he breathed and he ate and he slept and he dreamed and he played and he laughed and he cried and he was born and he died human fully human 100 percent able to meet us right where we are and yet it's kind of like but same kind of a word and yet also divine also divine 100 percent able to bring the salvation of god to us the Salvation God wants us to have. It's tough to understand that 100% human, 100% divine, isn't it? You know, in in math, that's 200%. That kind of goes past what we're supposed to allow in here. But with God's mind, 200% makes all the sense in the world. Because even though Jesus was every bit as human as we are, he was fully God, God in the flesh. That's a tough concept sometimes, but that's what it is. Emmanuel, God's own son. As he told his disciples, 
as he was preparing for his death and resurrection, preparing them. You know, he said, if you have seen me, you've seen the Father. Oh, yeah, you've seen the Father. Some 30 years later, Jesus went to the cross for you and for me. God sacrificed his one and only son. And I know this might feel like, why are you talking about this? It's Christmas. Jesus <laughs> is born. But this is so important. His sacrifice, this sacrifice was different than all of the Old Testament sacrifices. This was a once and for all sacrifice, the final sacrifice that ever needed to be done. A sacrifice that not only offers forgiveness, forgiveness, but eternal salvation. God gave us this sacrifice of his one and only son offering the perfect life for our imperfect lives. Perfect, imperfect. So that we might have our relationship with God restored and be able to have restoration between one another so that we might have life that God offers us mm. and have it to the full. That's how much God loves us. That he would offer his own son as a sacrifice so that we might live. And it all begins tonight. It begins tonight with the birth of a baby laid in a manger, visited by shepherds, worshipped by wise men. Mm. And so our question tonight, we started, what if there were no Jesus, reminds us of a bumper sticker that was popular a few years ago. Some of you may have seen it. There, there might be a couple still hanging around it. It says, no Jesus, no peace. No Jesus, no peace. Peace and hope. That's what the life light brings. That's what Jesus brings. Our hope for each of you tonight, here, out there, wherever you are. Our hope for each is that as we celebrate this birth in Bethlehem some 2,000 years ago, is that you know, K-N-O-W, that you know Jesus. And I don't mean you just know his name. I don't mean you just know, have an idea of that picture you saw someplace, somewhere. Uh, you know, that guy who often looks more like us than he looked like the, <laughs> where he came from <laughs> in those pictures. That you just don't know him with your brain, but you know him with your heart, and you know him with your very soul, and you know him with everything you've got. That's our prayer. That's our hope. And that you know the peace that comes with that personal relationship with the Savior of the world who's born this night. Yeah. So tonight, Christmas night, the life light came into the world. <laughs> and as a result, we don't have to live in darkness anymore. That is such good news. Jesus is and continues to be who he always was, who he is. We will be the, the life light, giving light and life to everyone. And so tonight we celebrate the life light coming into the world as a baby born in Bethlehem. We normally celebrate the life light of Jesus coming into the world through lighting of candles and singing Silent Night. I love it when we do that. I love the candles. 
But that's what we normally do. But as you know, things aren't really normal these days, are they? <laughs> yeah. And so we were going to pass out candles and all that. And we got to thinking about it. And with the COVID risk and all that, we thought, you know, handing them out plus lift the mask to blow them out, that's a good way to spread. And they, what we read, we're encouraged not to do that. And so um, rather than handing out candles and lighting candles, we're going to light the room a little differently this year. We're going to use lights from your cell phones. I hope you brought your cell phone. Take it out now. Yeah, it's okay. Even in church, bring out your cell phone. <laughs> and get ready because, you know, here's the thing. This just reminds us in times of challenge, and, you know, we have challenge. We've had challenge for however many months now, but in life we're always going to have challenges, aren't we? Christ told us that. You're always going to have challenges. But the thing is, with Jesus... Especially in times of challenge, Jesus is the life light in our lives. That's the beautiful thing. We're challenged, but we know in the midst of challenge, Christ is there. And you know, Christ is going to shine in this room from some cell phones just as brightly as if we were holding candles tonight. Amen. 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 And so you can do this. Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church in Middletown, Delaware, please visit our website at justshowup.church. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the life he offers.